This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're joined remotely by Dr. Irina Gelman, the Health Commissioner for Nassau County and current President of the New York State Association of County Health Officials, who is with us to discuss local health departments, including how they fared in the governor's budget proposal, and to talk more broadly about the services they provide around the Empire State. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gelman. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, for starters, what are the expectations for local health departments in terms of the services and programs that they're expected to provide for local residents? Thank you very much for that question. Um, Actually, much more than expected, uh, quite a few of the programs and services that are provided on the local level are actual mandates under public health law. So a lot of these are mandatory uh, services that are deliverable on the local level. And anything from environmental health services, restaurant inspections, water safety, septic, and quite a plethora of rabies, vector-borne diseases, ticks, and so on. So environmental Environmental health alone as a division encompasses a lot of services, but then once we get into services such as communicable disease prevention, uh, over 80 communicable diseases are reportable to the local health departments on a daily basis by all providers. And there are areas such as maternal child health. Some health departments have medical examiner services, and it really is a wide array of services that are provided on the local level. So clearly, it's very important to ensure that public health workforce is in place and uh, local health departments are able to provide the initiatives that we have. And all local health departments vary substantially from rural areas to very densely populated counties in the downstate region. Well, that's a lot of hats to wear. So how many people, for example, do you have in Nassau County to help with all those responsibilities? So we at the Nassau County Department of Health currently have over 200 people, but unfortunately, the public health workforce in New York State is facing significant and pressing challenges post-pandemic. We've seen early retirements, professionals leaving the local government to work in other sectors, increased vacancy rates, shrinking budgets, other pressures continue to really challenge both the Nassau County Department of Health and all of our members, uh, recruiting and retaining staff, specifically public health nurses, administrative staff, public health health engineers, environmental sanitarians, uh, these have presented incredible challenges and threatens the state's local public health emergency response capabilities for local health departments. Well, turning to the governor's budget and the resources that you can get from the state, what does the executive proposal mean for your ability to provide uh, the services and programs that you mentioned earlier, some of which are mandated by the state for you to provide? If I could summarize it in one sentence, local public health cannot continue to do any more with any less. Local public health funding can't be a one-shot deal. It needs to be a continuous local public funding, and that was made quite apparent by the pandemic response and the aftermath that we're experiencing right now. While we are pleased to see several health positive proposals contained in the executive budget, which included provisions for supporting maternal and infant health, public health surveillance 
related to the opioid pandemic. We are looking forward to working with the legislature to help inform one house budget bills, which we hope will reflect some of our more pressing recommendations, particularly restoration of the rabies funding and language that will close flavored tobacco enforcement loopholes. I've never seen uh, cuts to rabies funding uh, for post-exposure prophylaxis. We have experienced pre-exposure prophylaxis funding cuts in years prior for animal control activities on the environmental health side, but currently the complete elimination of rabies funding is quite alarming to say the least. And when it comes to, say, responding to rabies, is this an area where county health departments can simply say, I guess it's somebody else's problem, or are you statutorily obligated to respond to these types of emergencies? Unfortunately, we do not have the luxury of declining that response. Local health departments are the only health entities that are statutorily required by law to provide core public health services in communities across New York State, uh, such as the suppression of human rabies. So rabies sort of is the fundamental pillar of local health department response. And unless treated soon after exposure, rabies, as I mentioned, is 99.9% fatal after onset of symptoms. And to put it in a relative context, the Nassau County Department of Health received in just 2023 alone 1,710 reports of animal bites. And uh, we've recommended rabies post-exposure prophylaxis to 420 individuals. So as you can see, that impacts both the environmental health arm on reported animal bites and the division uh, that deals with our residents and nursing. You also mentioned closing a so-called loophole in the enforcement of flavored tobacco restrictions. What's the issue there? So with flavored tobacco, the 2020 ban on flavored tobacco products, uh, vape products, was intended to address the epidemic of e-cigarettes and the particular risks posed by appeal of flavored vapor uh, products to youth. However, the statute created loopholes that have caused significant challenges challenges to effective enforcement for county health officials. We are seeing a number of troubling trends uh, noted by enforcement officials in the field. Uh, For instance, last year, undercover public health inspection from the Nassau County Department of Health successfully acquired illegal vaping products in nearly 60% of our sting operations. Um, And I will say that inspectors in the field also report increased safety risks, threats to inspectors, and other compliance checks staff safety concerns. Uh, So clearly there is ample room there for improvement. And thankfully, there is a bill in the Assembly and Senate, I believe it's 9110 and Senate 8531, that hopefully will address some of those gaps. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. Uh, We're speaking with Dr. Irina Gelman, the health commissioner for Nassau County and current president of the New York State Association of County Health Officials. Another area that you addressed in your testimony to the joint legislative hearing on the health portion of the budget has to do with addressing lead poisoning prevention, an issue that is a top concern not just here in New York but nationally. What is the issue there? 
it's actually multi-prong. Uh, lead poisoning prevention is a high priority policy subject for members of NYSEHO. The science on lead is clear. Any exposure to lead is harmful. While New York has done well to enact policies in the space, those policies cannot be effective if they are not paired with appropriate state funding. In 2019, the state lowered the actionable elevated lead, blood lead levels to five micrograms per deciliter, which is sound public health policy that we support. But unfortunately, adequate funding was not appropriated to the local health departments for the increased number of children who need intervention based on this policy change. Again, as a relative context in Nassau County, just for 2023, we have identified 237 newly identified children with elevated blood lead levels of over five micrograms per deciliter. And we also had an impact to our environmental health staff where our environmental health sanitarians conducted 184 environmental lead assessments. As a comparison for any other given year for NASA County, that was a tenfold increase to both the lead cases for our nursing division in the maternal child health and as well as sanitarians in environmental health. That presents a clear cut burden in and of itself, just with the blood lead level decrease. When you add into that the lead rental registry that was enacted last year, and we estimate that we need another at least 2.5 to 5 million to effectively implement just that lead registry alone. So between the five 2.5 to 5 million needed for the proposed lead rental registry and at least 36 million um, that the local health departments identified resulted from years prior with uh, lowering the recommended elevated blood lead levels. This leaves the local health departments in quite a bind Given the gap between resources and the needs and requirements for local health departments, New York State should also provide immunity protections for LHDs who are exercising good faith efforts to meet these statutory obligations. Because with the identified workforce shortages in uh, local health departments, we simply don't have neither the funding nor the resources to address a very, very important topic of lead poisoning prevention. Well, when it comes to lead poisoning prevention or the other topics we talked about, the county governments have a vested interest in addressing these issues too. So in light of the state maybe not coming through with what you think is its fair share of funding, should counties be expected to step in and fill the void? Do they even have the capacity to do that? On the local level, it's uh, very difficult to find the capacity to do that fiscally, especially when we are having mandated services and they are mandated by the state and by the state public health law. It is very difficult to find that funding because it, it becomes very cumbersome. And again, when I mentioned local health department capacity, local health departments differ. There are 58 local health departments in New York State. Each one, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So when we leave that to local capacity to address based on their tax levy, their ability to address uh, public health issues varies. Their resources vary, both financial and staffing. And when you have a disease such as rabies with 99.9 uh, fatality, uh, percent fatality after onset of symptoms, relying on a fiscal measure that may not be available on the local level truly jeopardizes the health and well-being and emergency preparedness efforts of that locality. 
Well, then are these mandates essential? Should the counties have this responsibility or would it make more sense for the state to assume them or for the state to contract out to nonprofits? When you have a lot of the mandatorily reported communicable diseases, at times, I don't think the individuals that have uh, dealt with rabies response or post-exposure prophylaxis, um, I don't think if you are the individual that's affected, you would want to fall through the cracks, the proverbial cracks. Uh, However, there are different ways of addressing issues. uh, So whether through legislative relief, so statutory relief, or whether through adequate funding, a lot of these diseases do have to be addressed. And again, quite a few of these issues in public health became really apparent and were thrust into the spotlight during the pandemic response. And I think the jury is still out on how well prepared we were for public health responses. Well, speaking of the pandemic, there was this rhetorical talking point from politicians about how we would you know, learn from this experience and never repeat the mistakes of the past uh, that may have caused people to die unnecessarily during the pandemic. When you think about the governor's budget proposal and in particular what it means for your efforts to address the transmission of diseases, in particular viruses, Do you feel like this represents a budget that has learned from the past or does this represent a budget that is heading down the same road and ready to make the same mistakes as uh, the past? To summarize, I think our entire conversation, and it's more than a feeling, it's a fact, local public health cannot continue to do any more with any less, truly. Well, on that encouraging note, we've been speaking with Dr. Irina Gelman. She is the health commissioner for Nassau County and current president of the New York State Association of County Health Officials. Dr. Gelman, thank you so much for making the time and for the work you do. Really appreciate it. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.